is a podcast that seeks to bring the church world and the art world closer together. My name is Matt Anderson. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to this podcast and uh, a five-star rating and review, especially if you're on Apple, is most welcome. Uh, If you would like to advertise on the podcast, you can inquire by emailing me at mattcastworld at gmail.com. MattCastWorld at gmail.com. Well, to get us started in 2022, uh, we're going to spend the next few episodes focusing on film specifically. Uh, It's an art form that all of us seem to love and enjoy, but it's one of the youngest art forms that we have, seeing as film came to our consciousness in the probably the 1890s um, in the United States. Um, but it has really come to incredible prominence as a part of our pop culture. Uh, it, I think it's become such a wonderful groundwork of storytelling uh, in our culture because it, it really combines all the best elements of, of audio and video and beyond. And uh, I, I think my interest in writing um, may have been, if not originated there, it, it certainly came to a great germination there. Um, it made me want to come up with great stories. But I wanted to start this sort of series on film. I wanted to start with a plea that I am issuing to filmmakers uh, everywhere. And there's really no way to sugarcoat this. But movies are getting worse with each passing year. I know, I know it's a terrible thing to say, but I, I don't know. I think, I, I think I've got more than a leg to stand on here. There are exceptions to that, of course, but I don't know. Finding a good film these days, it's like finding a good parking spot at the mall during the holidays. And I think that trend, by the way, started way before COVID. I know COVID has al- almost killed the movie industry. Uh, in a number of ways, but I think this has been going on for a while, and I'll get to that in a second. But when I look back over my life and my choices artistically as I have grown and and, uh, evolved as a person, when I was a youth pastor 25 years ago, you know, in the late 90s, um, if I wanted to have a genuine moving experience that made me reflect on my life, my future, everything. I was most likely going to find it in a movie theater. And I'm not saying it didn't happen at church. Of course it did. But really, outside of that, outside of my personal relationship with Jesus, really the greatest experiences I had were in movie theaters. I mean, I've had so many cathartic moments. Um, it's, It's hard to count and hard to express exactly the things that have happened and key moments that I would have and take them back to the Lord. And and then it would become a teaching moment in my life. 
But back then for me, I mean, you really couldn't talk about that to anybody. I couldn't as a, as a minister. Um, back then, many people would see a pastor in a negative light for even going to a movie theater, depending on how conservative your congregation was. And mine was definitely more on that side of things. So I felt like there was this big component to my life that I, I really couldn't talk to many people about except my friends outside of the realm of uh, my profession. And even though none of these films that I saw were overtly Christian, almost none of them, it was uh, amazing how many Christian characteristics or lessons or values even would come through the good story that they told and the things that characters would go through in those films. To me, any good story has Christian values to it, even though I'm not really sure Hollywood would concur. In great stories, even secular films that would show things like grace being displayed, people getting second chances, redemption, um, emotional wounds that needed to be addressed, anything. Uh, For guys, some films just made you feel more like a man. No other way to say it. There's a reason why The Godfather is regarded so highly to this day. And since the advent of film, I mean, Christians have been trying. Well, really, they didn't even try at first. They just saw film as the devil's workshop, and it was something to be avoided, and it was something that was deeply demonically influenced. And once we kind of got over that, they've been trying to catch the tailgate or the end of the train that is Hollywood in their storytelling abilities. Um, And in the next few episodes, I'm going to be talking about some of those films that have made a, a deep impression on my own life. Now, Christian films, quote unquote, whatever you want to call that, on the other hand, I mean, they always fell way short in the storytelling department. And, you know, don't ever despise the, the early things because you have to start somewhere. Just, just like, you know, Hollywood, if you look at some of the stuff they did in the early 1900s, you know, you'd be like, woof. You have to be bad before you're good. And I saw a lot of bad growing up. And, uh, and in Christian films, it was always agenda first. And then everything else was sort of, eh, if we get there. And so really it was, if we're going to make a film, we have to have the scene of the guy responding to an altar call at a Billy Graham crusade, right? That was, and then, you know, script, blah, you know, acting, meh, who cares? You know, we just have to show that. And that's what made it a Christian a Christian movie. Now, let me just say, God bless the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. They made the first really concerted attempt to make higher quality films for believers. And they wanted to do it evangelistically. And they, and they did their best with the tools and resources that they had. Um, and, and honestly, I'll say in their defense, maybe the church as a whole at the time couldn't have handled uh, different storytelling practices that were available. Um, it really just waned, though, in the story department. They became the things that, you know, I mean, 
we have the tribulation. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're too young. There were a series of movies that dealt with people missing the rapture and having to uh, somehow navigate their way through the tribulation. And, uh, uh, and they were, you know, they were intriguing films. I always made sure, you know, we'd show them on Sunday night at my church. I always made sure I was sitting near uh, a girl that I thought was really cute because maybe I could be there to comfort her when she got a little scared, you know, you know, you gotta be there and, uh, be ready for the comfort fellas. Uh, but other than that, you know, no awards were being handed out for these films, uh, whatsoever. (laughs) Um, now, traditionally, Hollywood films really didn't have much of an agenda. It was, they really weren't tied to anything spiritually, which uh, sometimes offended the church when it crisscrossed with their belief system. You know, here's a quick example in my, in my mind. I believe it was the 60s and the film Elmer Gantry uh, that starred Burt Lancaster. Uh, and he basically played a preacher who was kind of a phony. And... Um, and they were just trying to tell a good story with a complicated lead character. And, of course, the church would overreact to such things, and the dividing wall would, would be built. Um, the real agenda, though, of Hollywood was making money. That was the agenda. Um, not all characters had definite good or evil intentions. Some did, especially early on. You look at the old Westerns, for instance. But the viewer had to kind of figure out who's this character and, and what's their agenda. The film wouldn't necessarily help them do it. Whereas Christian films were done with very thick lines. I mean, you knew within milliseconds who the good guys and bad guys were. I mean, sometimes, sometimes the bad guys were even dressed in black, just, just so you knew. These, these, who the, these are who the bad guys are. And the dialogue was simplistic. It was, it was kind of, you know, plastic stuff that you often hear in the church lobby every week. Uh, These weren't real conversations. And the good guys always had their stuff together. There was never any flaw in the, you know, in in their behavior or in their thinking. They never sinned. They were ready to quote the Romans road when the obvious sinner wanted to repent. Meanwhile, I had much more emotional reactions and yes, spiritual reactions at the local Cineplex, probably much more often. But here's the thing. Over the last few years, there has been what I can only call a transmigration going on in the filmmaking industry. Listen to this and see if you agree with this theory I have. Hollywood is now making the same mistakes Christian movies used to make and still make. Uh, for, for Hollywood, it has become about agenda. And it's not just agenda first. It's agenda first, second, third, tenth, twentieth. In other words, we're going to shove it down your throat like it's a whole grapefruit. And for them, that agenda means more socialism, more intersectionality, more climate change, more of giving God the finger. I don't know how else to say it. They have quadrupled down on agenda, 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 and more agenda. And after a while, you're like, is this a film or is this CNN? Because who can tell anymore? 
Now, forget that any movie that isn't a superhero movie loses money hand over fist. Forget now that most studios are really producing more for China than they are for the United States. Forget that hardly anybody watches the Academy Awards anymore. I mean, I don't... Hollywood just keeps playing cowbell, and then they get a fever, and they think the only prescription is more cowbell. It has been amazing to behold. And people that the agenda considers enemies are painted with thick lines, like, like we've classically done in Christian movies, paint the thick lines, not the obvious ones, no, nothing with multiple dimensions to them. Thinking is no longer required, and even the writing and acting has taken a huge tumble. Think about comedy. Comedy just almost no longer exists in Hollywood. Anything that is comedy, the humor is scatological. We're doing like fart noises and doing poop jokes. There's nothing, there's nothing intellectual about it. There's nothing witty about it. There's nothing conversational that's happening. Hollywood is now doing what Christian movies have always done. Isn't it amazing? That's why nobody's going. They're making the same mistakes. Now, at the same time, there has been this concerted effort that I've seen for Christian filmmakers to take their projects to the next level. And, and yeah, it's been a slow progression, but I do, I do see advancements being made. I, I still think, and we, we have this thing we can't seem to get rid of, we feel this pressure to put a pretty bow on everything that's Christian to make it nice and clean and easy, and we can all just not have to think about it. And I definitely think more can be done with character development. I think screenplays need to take a step up. But things are slowly moving away from the traditional formula. Now, a fairly recent movie in the last few years, uh, the movie Unplanned. Now, that's a movie that has a clear agenda, which cannot be avoided. It's, it's about Abby Johnson, who worked for years at a Planned Parenthood in Texas. She is telling her story of what she experienced as an employee there and just the personal sort of the back and forth of, is this the right thing or is this not the right thing? And I think because it's just her story, I think the film covers that incredibly well. It doesn't hold back. Oh my word, it does not hold back. And it's gripping. Uh, And it's one of those, I don't know if we bring the kids to this. And again, I think many characters though, were still kind of one dimensional. The storytelling of the film though was, was really one of the best that I've seen. It's amazing to see how Christians have started to get it, and they're not necessarily catering to the, you know, um, sort of the hallmark. Sorry, folks. Sorry for the, <laughs> the reference, but the hallmark movie thing, and they're they're being more complicated because life's complicated, and it's amazing to watch this crisscross occur. So when we come back, I have recommendations for both camps to, if you'll pardon me, make film great again.
So we're talking about the film industry today and how I believe Hollywood has divorced itself of what used to make it magical and has actually um, downgraded what they do. And they're making the same mistakes that Christian quote unquote films have made for decades. And Christian films now have recognized this and they are evolving, I would say, in a very positive uh, trajectory in their filmmaking. So nevertheless, uh, I want to make a few recommendations, both to Hollywood and for Christian filmmakers, if I can. So I'm going to, I've got about four things for, for each camp. So let's start with Hollywood. Hollywood, number one, how much money do you have to lose to figure out nobody wants to hear your agenda? There is this thing about escapism into a film, and it doesn't have to be a Michael Bay, you know, car explosions and chases all over the place. I mean, you just throw yourself into a wonderful story. People can just stay home and watch MSNBC for that stuff. If they want agenda, that's, that's where you can go. There's plenty of politics everywhere, oy vey. or even go to ESPN these days. But how much money do you have to keep losing to realize the agenda is not as pleasing to the appetite as you think it is. Number two, stop remaking everything. Oh my heavens, I, what is with the remakes of films? The most recent being West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. And I'm sure it's gonna get nominated for a number of awards, but it, there are some interesting reviews uh, about the film that I think bear a lot of weight as well. Uh, keep in mind, West Side Story was done in 1961. I mean, this is still pre-Martin Luther King. So, yeah, it was a very different time, and it was a complicated movie. It was based on Romeo and Juliet and its family factions or gangs, in this case, in West Side Story. Because what happens is, we, we do that thing that we're doing now all the time is we have to ruin everything that's ever been built ever. We have to do this deconstructing mess. And now, and now that somebody wants to remake West side story, now we have to look at the 1961 version and start picking it apart with all of our political correctness and, and just say, Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Look what, Oh, that movie. Uh, yeah. That movie won best picture and has songs that have stayed with us to this day, you have to put things in the context of their time when they were written and performed. I know we can sit back and say, boy, they just weren't as smart as we are. Look at the crappy movies we're making now. How smart are we? The answer is not. Let's just stop deconstructing great films by making new versions of them because they're never as good because it's, it, they capture a time and a place and a moment that cannot be recreated. Okay, number three. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm doing, folks, on this podcast? I'm just letting go of frustration that I've been holding on to for years because I want films to be amazing. And I think Hollywood knows better. Uh, but here's one that I don't know if they'll ever get. Number three, quit defying God and people of faith. And again, this comes with the agenda. And as the agenda brings itself full flower, it seems to hate all things God. 
And so people of God have to be portrayed in a certain fashion. And we don't give them multiple dimensions and layers of personality. And if, if you see a minister, for instance, in a movie or television show, I can guarantee you it's one of two things. And again, I'm just, you know, this just feels good for me. This is like a wonderful therapy session that all of you are having to sit through. I'm sorry about that. But if you see a minister on television or in film, chances are, number one, they're clueless. And they're always the last person to get the joke, if they ever do, because they're clueless idiots. Secondly, if it's not that, they're the ones who are out committing felonies behind the scenes, because they really are the evil character and the, uh, the antagonist of the plot line. These are the two ways ministers are portrayed in film and television. And uh, it's ridiculous, and I can't believe they won't consult one. They, they just they seem to think they have us, I'll just say us, figured out. And like, yeah, yeah let's, yeah, let's put that in there. And they just, they miss it, they whiff it every time. And if somebody could really take the time to understand, uh, and I think it's going to have to come through people of faith to get that done. Um, quit defying God. Stop using your film as a way to, uh, to flip him off. There's just too many people who had a bad church experience who think they can put this film together, whether it's a film or a documentary, and they're like working out their daddy God issues in real time. Number four, this is especially for documentarians. Um, and we know with the documentary, there probably is an agenda involved in it. But first, please don't make it about you. I don't know what it is about documentarians that use half of their movie to talk about themselves and uh, to somehow talk about how valuable of a person they were, even though they were made fun of in high school and didn't get hugged enough by their dad. Please, we're, we're here to, to see this thing about this industry or this country or this event we're yeah, we're not interested in you. Sorry. I guess it's like high school again, <laughs> but please stop. I, I just, you, I just see too many filmmakers trying to up their self-esteem by secretly making their documentary about themselves. Please don't do that. And try to be fair on an agenda level to both sides. Don't just paint the thick lines Get in their heads and figure out, even if they, if, they, if they are doing wrong in this documentary, get inside their head and figure out why they're doing that. Other than they're trying to make money, whatever it is, you've got to work at it. There's a reason why people make these choices to where they get, find out how they made that path. People are interested in that. You don't just become an embezzler in one day. So whatever it is, it, just take the time to get to know the other side of the argument so that you present a great story. Okay, I'll leave Hollywood alone for a second. Let me give four pieces of advice for Christian filmmakers. Number one, make people, all people, but especially Christians, more complicated. Thin the lines. So I'll start with um, whoever's portrayed as a Christian 
in the film. They do sin, folks. Filmmakers, they do. They have things that they need the grace of Jesus for. It's okay to portray that. They don't have to be smiling from ear to ear. They don't have to be singing a hymn everywhere they go. They can have a really bad day. It's all right. And they can react badly to a bad day. That's all right. Can we just show Christians as real people who have to deal with the same issues that everybody else has to? And sometimes they don't do it perfectly. Thin the lines. And then for those who, I don't know, let's say are on the opposite side of it. And I think that was my only real complaint with Unplanned. I know who, quote, the villain was within seconds of seeing her. And again, I don't think she was made complicated enough. Um, I think about, you know, God's Not Dead. I know a lot of you love the film, but, you know, the uh, the antagonist, it, you know, it's always, I hate God. You know? <laughs> like, okay, let's, I know he didn't say that, but uh, it's so obvious. It's so over the top. Does anyone ever ask what made this guy become an atheist? Is there any effort to get inside the head of this dude so that we can see how he got here? People are more complicated than they get portrayed often on, on screen. And we as Christians should know that better than anybody. We should know. We, we have complicated pasts for which God's grace needed to be applied. Let's not make people one-dimensional. There are layers to people. People are the way they are for a reason. So explore that as a filmmaker. Number two. It's okay if they don't get saved in the movie. I'm not trying to say people don't need salvation. They do. But it's not your job to enact all of theology in your film. We can tell the story and it helps a person realize that's where they're headed. Is there anything wrong with showing somebody gets saved in a movie? No, but I think usually when we do that, it's just not done tremendously well. And I think it makes people's, you know, others who aren't believers, makes their eyes roll back into their heads. And it does the reverse of what we hope it will. And if it doesn't fit the story, we don't have to hijack the story to then show this guy at the front of the church repeating a prayer. There's a way to tell it. There's a way to tell people here's how to receive Jesus, or here's how this guy is about to, rather than having to reenact it. Because that's what people are expecting. And we need to, I think we need to start surprising people a little bit in our filmmaking and not so simplistic. That doesn't make it a bad movie. It really doesn't. Okay, number three, we're getting towards the end. Uh, make it messier. I think... I think we need to show the complications of God's people and Christian families have internal strife. Um, believers have financial needs and they're not sure if they're going to lose the house. And even though they're going to church and even though they're reading their Bible and praying, we, we, we need to stop the formulaic stuff of A plus B equals C. There are people who are going through it, even though they're kind of doing all the right stuff. 
often life is messier than that. Because what are we telling people if they receive Christ? It's just a beautiful stroll down the yellow brick road with you know lollipops and moonbeams. Life's messier than that, especially this side of heaven. So we we shouldn't be afraid to show the good, not the good and bad, but the complicated nature of people. I I want to say that I think the best example of Christian filmmaking that I've seen is The Chosen, which is a retelling of the ministry of Jesus. And in the two seasons that I've been privileged to watch, it really has been the most remarkable experience of really my life to see Jesus doing his thing. We've only been able to imagine it at this point. And as a preacher, I've been able to talk about it and expound upon it. But when you actually see it happen and you see Jesus portrayed in such a wonderful way as they do in The Chosen, and, and Jesus is prayed, uh, portrayed as this wonderful, earthy kind of guy. And you feel like, yeah, I could go to a ball game with that guy. Seriously. I, I know they didn't have ball games back then. But you get what I'm saying? You want to sit on the front porch and talk to that guy. He's not so withdrawn and holier than thou and, and, uh, and dismissive of people. He got into the messiness. That's why, that's why he's the Messiah. He got into the mess. And then the way he responds to people, and of course, the Bible is the perfect guide. And now you're seeing this is what made Jesus so wonderfully beautiful. I want to challenge you, if you have not gotten into The Chosen, it's free. Download it to your phone, and then you can airplay it onto your TV. If I can do it, believe me, you can do it. You really need to start watching uh, this wonderful series that's going on, because they're doing it right and I would just challenge you, watch the scene where he talks to the woman at the well. I was in tears <laughs> as I watched it. I had one of those beautiful cathartic moments that I was used to having at the theater. As you're saying, oh my word, this is how he did it. This is what he said. I know this is definitely, this had to be what he said. And then you throw yourself into the plot line and say, oh man, can that be me? I do think there is some really good filmmaking going on. I just want to tell Christian filmmakers to keep hitting the gas. Don't, don't hesitate. Don't back up. And then lastly, number four for Christian, uh, Christian filmmaking, just get better actors. Um, more expensive and probably hard to find people who are willing to do it. I'm sure that's part of the problem, but just get better actors. Um, you, you want the quality to be better than drama on a platform of a church Sunday morning service. And I've been that guy. You know, get somebody better than me. I think is what I'm saying. Get better actors to tell this story. I don't know where it's all going to go, folks, when it comes to filmmaking. But I'm praying, if nothing else, that believers in Christ who are intentionally making art will not be afraid of how maybe the typical church will respond. But they will do things artistically, knowing that it tells a better story and that we won't be afraid of that. 
Well, I want to thank you for being a part of the MacCast today. Please share this with a friend. We would love to expand our MacCast family. Uh, if you have questions or comments, email me at matcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more information, or if you'd like to hear our archives, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time. Thank you.